0: Uh, We're so glad that you are here with us uh, as we get to kick off uh, Samurai Impact City and we're grateful for that. No pressure, right? But uh, we're glad that you made time to be here before you guys go on vacation and all that good stuff. So I'm going to read. I'm going to you may remain seated because there's a lot of verses this morning. But if you go with me to the book of John, chapter nine, John, chapter nine, verses one through thirty four. It's a lot of verses one through thirty four. So I will have mercy on you, and, and you can stay seated as we read the scriptures this morning. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 34. A well-known story. Once you read it, you probably, oh, I already know this story, so that's good. So here we go. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples, asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or, or his parents' sins? Verse 3, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. Verse 5, but while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. Mm, good stuff. Verse 7, he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Verse 8, his neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg. Someone said he was, and others said, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the same one. They asked, who healed you? What happened? And he told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed, and now I can see. Where is he now, they asked. I don't know, he replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees, Because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told him, he put the mud over my eyes. And when I washed it away, I could see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man, Jesus, is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, but how can an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? I got to read that again. But how could an ordinary sinner... They're speaking about Jesus, do do such miraculous signs. So there was a deep division of, of opinion among them. Verse 17, then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, what's your opinion about this man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. The Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see, so they called his parents. And you know you're in trouble when they call your parents. Verse 19, they asked them, is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? And his parents replied, we know this is our son and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or he... Or who healed him? Ask him. He is old enough to speak for himself. And his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah could be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said he is old enough. Ask him. Verse 24. So so for the second time they called in the man who had been blind and told him God should get the glory for this because we know this man Jesus is a sinner. I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind and now I can see. Verse 26, but what did he do? They asked, how did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, I, the blind man is now saying, look. <laughs> the blind man is now saying, look, I told you once, didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? This man has an attitude now, right? Now he's he's confident. Then they cursed him and said, you are his disciple, but we are the disi- we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why? That's very strange. The man replied, he healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from. Verse 31, almost there. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Verse 32, ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. Verse 34, you were born a total sinner, sinner," they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to share your word. We ask, Lord, that you would still be in this place, God, that your presence would be in this place with us, that you would speak through us, Lord, that you would speak to us this morning. And we thank you for all that you're doing behind the scenes, Lord. We thank you ahead of time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. And the church says just making sure you're awake, right? There's a lot of scriptures. Yeah, yeah. And so most of us here have have read this passage before, right? And so it's a story that you might be familiar with. And so my mission today is not just to repeat the story again, but perhaps to look at this story from a different perspective, bless you, and so that it allows us to see things that we didn't see before, but they were already there. And I think that's the beauty of the scriptures, that just when you think you've heard it all and you know it all, you hear someone preach it or teach it from a different perspective and you're like oh I, I didn't see it even though it was there all along and so real quick just 80 years ago I decided to head west I didn't even know before that that the Midland Odessa area even existed okay I didn't even know it was on the map I mean what can I say I was born in a big city bright lights home of the five-time NBA champion San Antonio Texas <laughs> with the number one draft pick in the next, uh, uh, in this year's draft, actually. So thank you, Lord, for that. And there, w- and there w- really was no reason for me to, n- to know this area even existed. And then there was this movie that captured the heart of many and highlighted the driving force of this area and what it means to belong to West Texas. And so after living here eight years, I have self-proclaimed myself an adopted son of west texas so you can deal with that however you like but i'm talking about the turf the rivalry the concession stands the nachos the pep rally the marching bands the pigskin flying through the air I'm talking about the shoulder pads clashing against each other, the clipboards and whiteboards, the whistles and the flags, the zebras, the Broncos, and Panthers all on the same field, battle cries, war cries, and when someone loses, somebody's going to cry. I'm talking not about the big city bright lights, but the small town stadium lights on a Friday night. There is nothing like Friday night football in West Texas and let the church say (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's right. I'm talking about Friday night lights. But what does Friday night lights have anything to do with the blind man in the gospel of John? I'm so glad you asked. See, through, though this blind man, which by the way has been blind from birth, has had a driving force of his own to continue to want to live life even though he cannot see where it is taking him. And at this point of the story, he is an adult and he is still blind and he has never seen a sunrise or a sunset. He has never had the privilege to see the masterpiece canvas of God that is the sky. And yet this man continues to live life as well as he knows how. He has within him a driving force, a mantra, if you will, a motto that motivates him, that motivates So I wonder if you have a driving force within you, a mantra, a motto, a motto that motivates you when you feel... Like your future, it looks a little bit blurry, and perhaps some of you have a quote somewhere that you love, and you have it it's saved somewhere. And and when life gets gets tough for you, you you turn to that quote and as a reminder that you're worth more than that, and it doesn't have to be the end of you. And so that quote, that saying, becomes part of you, right, uh, and who you're, who you are going forward. But maybe for others, the more spiritual ones, amen, you don't have quotes, but you have scriptures, right, that are highlighted in your Bible, that are somewhere in your house and that remind you that you are not alone and that he has you covered. And so I cannot talk about Friday Night Lights and not mention the phrase that became a staple of that movie or that TV show. That quote that says, and if you know it, say it with me, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Clear eyes Full hearts, can't lose. And that's our subject with, uh, with you all this morning. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. We're talking about a blind man in the story. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. A blind man, clear eyes. And so the story sort of jumps right into the meat of things. The defining moment of this man's life, as if to say what happened before is not as great as what is about to happen next. The blind man was on Jesus' radar, no doubt about that. And I don't know if John the writer is being funny here because it says that Jesus saw the men. Well, obviously, John, of course, Jesus, the one who can see, would see the blind man who cannot see, you see. There is no way the blind man could see Jesus, but Jesus could see the blind man. And he makes it a mission to come to him and not get this, not restore sight, he never had it, but to create sight. Clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. But before this miracle happens, there's this misunderstanding happening. There's some sort of commotion, some confusion going on. And his disciples are asking Jesus who sinned here, him or his parents, that he was born this way. And I find it rather amusing that the disciples are in the same boat that we are in. In the fact that, that we don't know the history of this man. The disciples don't know him personally. They've never met him. And all they can see with their sight is mistakes. Sin, blindness. The disciples who could see, all they could see when they looked at this man was mistakes, sin, and blindness. Their stance was he, was, he is blind because of his mistakes. He is blind because someone sinned that somewhere along the line, in the bloodline, someone somewhere made a mistake. And see the disciples come into this man's story and they take a snapshot of his condition and that's all they need to draw a conclusion for this man's, of this man's life. And isn't that what happens to us sometimes? Or isn't that what we do to others? They, they, somebody comes into our lives out of, out of nowhere, and they happen to intersect our lives when we're down, when we're passing through the valley, when we've just encountered a defeat, and they label us, and they label you, and they assume that your current condition is also your permanent condition. But I'm here to set the record straight. Clear eyes. Full hearts can't lose. Clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. They assumed that his blindness was due to his mistakes, due to his sin. But then we continue to read the story, and Jesus sets the record straight. He says, nope, nope, neither this man nor his parents sin, nope. It's not because of his mistakes or their mistakes, Jesus says, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. He wasn't blind because of mistakes, he was blind because of mercy. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. So just because you failed, doesn't make you a failure. Just because you're down, doesn't make you a downer. (laughs) Just because you made a mistake doesn't make you a mistaker, right? Just because you're blind doesn't make you a sinner. Just because you backslid doesn't make you a backslider. Just because you walked away doesn't make you a coward. Just because you don't have it all together doesn't mean you're not chosen. Just because you're broken doesn't mean you're not loved. (laughs) Clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. Because when others see mistakes, Jesus sees miracles. When others see mistakes, Jesus sees miracles. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. And when others see your downfalls, Jesus sees an opportunity for victory to happen. And so allow me to say it this way, mistakes covered by mercy become miracles. Mistakes covered by mercy become miracles. See, for some of us, we are so stuck on the mistakes that we don't acknowledge mercy when it is present and we never get to experience a miracle. Jesus is in the house, and we don't realize it, and we miss an opportunity for a miracle. Mercy is the difference between mistakes and miracles, but one of the hardest parts, one of the hardest parts of experiencing a miracle is realizing that you are in need of one. But the hardest part of experiencing a miracle is realizing that you are one, (laughs) But we don't see ourselves like that, do we? We don't see ourselves as a miracle. We don't think of ourselves as world changers. We don't think of ourselves as creatives or people of success. So how can others see in us what we don't see in ourselves? Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Clear eyes. Full hearts can't lose. And as I was studying for this message, I found it rather interesting that here you have an entourage of people that aren't just part of any crowd, but they are actually part of Jesus's inner circle. These boys have had daily conversations with the Savior. They have been partakers of miracles with Jesus. They have seen the supernatural happen. They have had the opportunity to sit with Jesus and learn from Jesus and be transformed by the words of Jesus in the presence of Jesus. So just think with me about this for a moment. How different would would you be or your life be or what changes would occur in your life if you had the opportunity to spend just one week with Jesus? that you would get to speak to and hear from Jesus, that you would get to dine and wine with Jesus. I mean, how much better would would your life be with the presence of Jesus? And yet we actually do have that opportunity to do those things and and we don't. Sorry, Jesus, I'm just too busy. I'm just too occupied doing my thing, you know. I'm just so consumed with my goals. I just, I'm just so burdened trying to find my place in this world. I'm too busy trying to find myself in this universe. But you see, you will never find yourself without him in your life. Why? Because to know him, you have, to know you, you have to know him. Why? Because the only one that created you knows what you were created for. I love the words of Paul when he says, in him I live and move and have my being. And I find it interesting that you have the disciples, the followers of Jesus, and on the other side you have a blind man. The disciples, the moment they see the blind man, all they see is mistakes, sin and blindness. That's it. And the blind man, though he cannot see the Savior, he can sense the Saviour. So let me say it this way the blind man couldn't see the sin, but he could see the Savior. And the ones who could actually see saw the sin, but couldn't see the Savior. See, the ones that were truly blind in this story wasn't even the blind man from birth. The true blind man in this story isn't the blind man, it's actually the ones who could see. And so I wonder if we are the ones walking around blind, telling everyone else that they're the ones blind and the reason why they're blind. Because let me tell you, it is so much easier to tell others how wrong they are Amen. than it is to look within and realize that it's our hearts that are, that, are, that is empty. It's the difference between windows and mirrors, We can either look through the window and criticize and complain, or we can look in the mirror and realize that the change starts with me and it starts within. Don't be a creeper in the window. Don't be a creeper in the window. So are you standing behind windows or are you standing in front of a mirror? And maybe it's life's fault. Right, that we cannot see. Maybe it's the universe's fault that we cannot see. Maybe it's the decision of others that we cannot see. Maybe it's the the betrayal of the ones closest to us that have caused this blind blindness to come to us. Maybe it's the the breakup of a relationship that caused this blindness to come to me. Maybe it's the criticism and comments of those we respected that have caused this blindness to come to me. Maybe it's the unfairness of the journey we've had to endure growing up and that has caused this blindness to come to me. Maybe Maybe some of us can say, I didn't choose to grow up in a broken home. I didn't choose to come into an abusive home. I didn't choose the circumstances I was born into, feeling like I was always a step behind everyone else, feeling like I had less than everyone else, feeling like no matter what I did, it just wasn't good enough, feeling like I was destined to lose. Have you ever felt like that? There are so many things that can blind us from what reality really is. Having clear eyes, full hearts, has nothing to do with what you see. Hear me. But everything to do with how you see. Having clear eyes and full hearts has nothing to do with what you see. But everything to do with how you see. H. We're in class now. O. W. How you see. But if H. Here we go. O. W. W, but if you move the W over here, now you don't have how, but you have who, and the how you see is dependent on who you believe. And how you see is dependent on who you believe. Because at this moment in this story, I think it's safe to say that the blind man had more faith in Jesus than those that followed Jesus daily and closely. Because while others see mistakes, Jesus sees miracles. Because mistakes covered by mercy become miracles. When others look at you and see mistakes, sin, and blindness, Jesus sees miracles. When you look at yourself in the mirror and all you see is mistakes, sin and blindness, Jesus sees miracles. And I wonder if we have allowed the lie of the enemy to become our reality, that, that you are a mistake, that you are full of sin, that you, you keep breaking your promises, that you are destined to lose, that no matter what you do, it will never be good enough. Hear me now. I have this sense that it's when we close our eyes that we can see clearest. It's when we close our eyes that we can see the clearest. Have you ever noticed that when we're afraid, we close our eyes? When we're hurting, we close our eyes. When we're crying, most of us, there's those weird criers that cry with their eyes open. But when when we cry, most of the time, we close our eyes it's like the body's natural thing to do. Like, like we don't have to think about closing our eyes in those moments. It just naturally happens. It's, it's those terrifying moments. It's those life-changing moments. When we pray, we close our eyes. There is something about closing our eyes that allows us to see the clearest. And so I suggest to you today that the blind man wasn't blind because of mistakes. He was blind because of mercy so that the works of God, Scripture says, would be revealed through him. And I can't help but wonder if what if what your life story has been up to this point, if it has been because of mistakes or mercy so that the works of God might be revealed through you. Because the messier our lives is, the greater the glory he gets. Because the messier our lives are, the greater the glory he gets. Why do I say that? Because when you've hit rock bottom, lost everything you thought you would never lose, doors that were once open are suddenly closed on you, that the only way to get through this is through God's great grace, through the hallways of mercy. So if you see yourself, your life full of mistakes, congratulations. Congratulations. Congratulations, because Jesus sees miracles. doesn't matter how messy your mistakes are. Miracles are messy sometimes, but they are beautiful. They are beautiful. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. And in closing, what's the mantra of your life? Right? The motto you live by, the scriptures you stand on, that when you feel you have every right to quit, you close your eyes and you sense the Savior near. Clear eyes. Full hearts can't lose when my eyes are cleared of the clutter. I see the savior in the storm, and when my heart is full of joy that comes from having an authentic relationship with Jesus, there is no room for voices of condemnation. And when I realize whose I am, I understand that no matter the obstacle, the challenge in front of me, I cannot lose. Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. So God, give us clear eyes and full hearts and know that we cannot lose if we're on your side. Mistakes covered by mercy become miracles. Now remember the other blind man in the scripture who, by the way, has a name, the other blind guy. Blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, who is sitting on the wayside. But he knows that Jesus is coming near and he begins to shout. You remember that story? What does he shout? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. (laughs) Bartimaeus knew that mistakes covered by mercy become miracles. Blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, could see that the difference maker between mistakes and miracles is mercy. and And he shouts, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I no longer want to see myself as a mistake, but I want to see myself as a miracle. And I wonder if that's our cry this morning. Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, have mercy on me. Give me five more minutes. See, Jesus, as we said, doesn't restore the blind man's sight because he never had it in the first place. Jesus creates sight for this man. And truth is, some of us here this morning, we don't need that thing. That thing that you've been praying about. That thing that keeps tugging at your heart. That thing that keeps you bound. That thing you've been praying about to be restored. Hear me now. Truth is, some of us here this morning, we don't need that thing that you've been praying about to be restored. What you do need is for Jesus to create that thing you want to be restored. Wasn't that David's prayer, by the way? His heart had been broken and shattered and betrayed and neglected and forgotten so many times that he gets to this place and moment in his life. And he doesn't ask God to restore in me a clean heart. He doesn't say that, but instead he asks God to create in me a clean heart. See, I think that at some point, all of us here need to come to realize that maybe I don't need that thing to be restored anymore. But what I really need is for you, God, to create a new thing. The word David uses here for the word create is the same word used in Genesis 1 when God says, when it says that God created the heavens and the earth. Stay with me. David was asking God to create something that had never existed before. He was asking for a one of a kind heart. David had been broken so many times that he's asking the creator of the universe for a heart Like no other, create in me a kind of heart that doesn't know neglect and hurt and rejection and defeat and shame and embarrassment. David wanted a new thing. Create a new thing, not restore a thing, but create a new thing. David wanted a new creation. And maybe you don't need that thing to be restored anymore. Maybe what you need is for God to create something new in your life. And then Jesus gives this man a set of instructions to follow so that sight would be restored or created in him. And the distance he had to go to travel from where he was when he was given the set of instructions to the pool of Siloam was about 10 football fields long. That's a long way. And it's even longer when you can't see. (laughs) But get this. He wasn't walking by sight. He couldn't. Impossible. Impossible. He was literally walking by faith. And when you and I learn to walk in faith, what would take us years to accomplish on our own, with him, it is accelerated. And maybe the reason you're stuck in the puddle of your mistakes is because you're the one trying to fix things on your terms. But it's when you decide to walk in faith and sense when mercy is near, all of a sudden the scales of your blind eyes are peeled off and you begin to see miracles when before all you could see was mistakes. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Clear eyes, full hearts. The can't lose is tied to full hearts and having full hearts is tied to having clear eyes, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God, give us clear eyes. God, give us full hearts. And allow us to know that we can't lose if we stay on this journey with you. So I'm going to say that and speak it into your spirit. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. 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 Eyes, full hearts I can't lose. Clear eyes, and full hearts, eyes, full hearts I can't lose, we can't lose if we have clear eyes and full hearts we cannot lose we have clear eyes and we have full hearts we cannot lose so Jesus this morning we take that motto, that saying that phrase and we bring it into this house and we say God give us clear eyes for the journey Give us full hearts for the journey and allow us to know that we cannot lose. Will you bow your heads where you're at? Lord, we thank you. We thank you, God, for looking our way. You made it a mission, Lord, to come to this blind man's rescue. And on this day, Lord, you changed his life and you created. Oh, God, you created something that never existed in his life. Lord, I want to take that, and I want to apply it to us this morning, that today, Lord, your people, we want something new in our lives. We don't need a thing to be restored anymore. Lord, we've been praying for that, or maybe our hearts have been shattered so many times, God. Maybe some of us are even doubting that you could do some things in our lives anymore, because the truth is, it just doesn't get any better anymore. God, I pray that you would give us the courage and the boldness, Lord, to believe in you again. That this day, today, you would create something brand new in our lives, something that has never existed in our lives, God. That we know that you, we are on your radar. God, on a day like today that you went, Lord, and you made it a point to get to that man's Life, Lord, you changed his life forever. And there are people in this place, God, that came. People weren't even planning on coming, but they're here today in this house, Lord. They were on your radar. You made it a point to come here, to meet them here in this place through a phrase we heard on a movie through football. Maybe we don't even know what to pray for. We don't even know what to ask you anymore, Lord. We're all out of prayers. But I know some of us here need something new to be created in us, Lord, not restored. God, and when we look at ourselves, it'll no longer be mistakes and all the negative things that we can say about ourselves, but. Will see us like you see us, miracles. Will see us as more than conquerors. Lord, that you laid your life for, for mine. You laid your life for mine. Sorry, I pray for the families in this place, Lord. Those that just graduated and have a future ahead of them, God. That they would have clear eyes for the journey <laughs> and full hearts for the journey. And that they would have this strong belief in them, Lord, that they cannot lose if they stay with you. If they stay on the journey that you have for them, they cannot lose. And for the rest of us, God, clear the clutter of our eyes, that we would see the Savior in the storms, that we would see the miracles in the mess, God, that we would see you in the valleys. And give us full hearts, Lord, Fill us with the joy that comes from you, with the love that comes from you, Lord, and not material things or ex- external things, Lord. We've, we've tried it. We've done it. We've moved on, bought the T-shirt. It doesn't work. It's just temporary. And I just feel like some of us are tired of the temporary feeling. We just want to change once and for all. So create in us something new thank you for all that you're doing in this house Lord. for all the people all the families all the children all the kids all the leaders all the volunteers lord we thank you we just say clear eyes full hearts can't lose just say that with me clear eyes full hearts can't lose say it again clear eyes full hearts can't lose clear eyes full hearts can't lose Clear eyes, give us full hearts, and know that we cannot lose if we stay with you on this journey.